Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A busy news day for you and some really amazing guests. We are really blessed to be joined today by Senator Roger Doc Marshall. He's from Kansas. He's a doctor, one of the few doctors in Congress, and he was one of the earliest voices to challenge Dr. Anthony Fauci and the claim that the COVID-19 virus evolved naturally in science. Now, he was demeaned. He was criticized, much like Rand Paul was, another doctor in Congress, by the way. Four months, he was gaslighted. He was ridiculed. Some of the senators who advocated this point of view were called morons by comedians on television. They were dismissed, but they were right. And now, as we emerge into a period of significant disclosures, the Senate voted unanimously, Democrats and Republicans alike, to declassify all of the intelligence showing the origins of COVID-19. That moment, these senators not only regained their credibility, which they never really lost, they just simply were gaslighted, but they also are going to be able to help us understand one of the most damaging facts about COVID-19, the Wuhan lab, EcoHealth Systems relationship with NIH and the research there. Since 2017, intelligence and government documents I've been able to review show the United States government has known that the Wuhan Institute for Allergy was tied to the Chinese military and possibly to its chemical weapons biowarfare program. And yet, despite those worries, despite those concerns, despite those documentations, the United States government continued, at least through Anthony Fauci at NID and USAID, the State Department Foreign Aid Funding Arm, they allowed monies to get to projects that involved WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the lab where we now believe the COVID-19 virus leaked from. Dr. Marshall, Senator Marshall, is going to describe to us why he believes what he did, why he stuck to his guns, and what it means now that we have a clearer understanding about Wuhan, the military, the virus leak, and all of the fallout from those revelations and the effort to keep those truths from the American people for a long time. In the second block, our good friend Cash Patel is going to join us, and we'll have a really fun conversation with him also about this, because he was chief of staff at the Pentagon, privy to what we really knew was going on. He, too, was tried to be gaslighted. People tried to quiet him and silence him. He, too, turns out to be remarkably on the point, as he'd been all along. Remember, he was on the front end of helping unravel 
the Russia collusion fake story as well. Then in the third part of our show today, we're going to take you down to the great state of Texas. We're going to be talking about Texas in the second amazing hearing yesterday, but the Texas Agriculture Commissioner, Sid Miller, some we haven't had on the show before, he is a remarkable force in Texas, deeply involved with the agriculture. He's been one of the strongest voices speaking out against Chinese efforts to buy up American farmland, to buy up land near military bases, leading that effort to fight that. But also, a few years ago, he noticed, like many other business people did, much like the former Iowa governor and former ambassador to China, Terry Branstad, that in greater numbers, the Chamber of Commerce was beginning to weigh in on non-free market policies. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the voice of American business for decades, seemed to have gone woke to some people. It had gone less free market, more democratic, liberal policies. And the principles of free market, of free enterprise, were beginning to diminish from this very powerful, distinguished group. And so Commissioner Miller and many others, Governor Branstad and others, began an effort to create an alternative to the Chamber of Commerce. Very much like what John Rich has done with releasing songs outside of the music establishment, much like Donald Trump and Devin Nunes did by creating Truth Social, much like the Patriot Bank did with John Rich to create a banking system. They created an alternative to the Chamber of Commerce. It's called the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce. Commissioner Miller is going to tell us what has been going on there. They currently have a really fun idea called Decharter the Debankers. Those banks that get woke and don't focus on investments and protecting your money, they're going to get dechartered, at least in Texas. Commissioner Miller among those advocating for that. So we're going to have a real interesting discussion. The parallel economy continuing to be built now with a new U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Remember, a few years ago, the longtime small business enterprise known as NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, that was the voice of Main Street for decades. It, too, went woke. It, too, went like the Chamber of Commerce towards non-free market solutions. People became disillusioned. And Bernie Marcus, the Home Depot founder, stood up a new group called the Job Creators Network. Our good friend Alfredo Ortiz and Elaine Parker, they built an alternative to the small business lobby, Chamber of Commerce alternative now built with the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce, a brand new ecosystem emerging around us, information, advocacy, banking, finances, business, those that have been left behind by a leftward tilt in America now getting their voice back, getting their values to be espoused again without being canceled. That is what's going on. And Commissioner Miller will have all of that for us. Now, before we get to the first guest today, Senator Marshall, which I'm really super excited about, I want to shout out a couple of quick stories that happened today. Texas Governor Greg Abbott took control of the Houston public school system, state receivership of the Houston school system. He charged that the educators in that city, in that school district, had left their most needed students behind, left them neglected. This is a bold and unprecedented action by a governor. There is a lot of fallout from this. This puts any other school district in Texas, and quite frankly, in any state where a governor cares about students on notice, failure is not an option. Inaction to solve the needs of our students, inability to compete math and reading will not be tolerated going forward. A earthquake in the education movement today. We should all be watching that very closely. Now, another very important story that broke last night, and we're very impressed with it. Another false narrative in the mainstream media, driven by Democratic activists, has gone poof. A couple of weeks ago, Democrats released a 
report trying to malign some of the FBI whistleblowers that have come to Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee. Those stories need immediate corrections. So the Democrats put it out, the legacy media picks it up, and they have many false narratives in it. And all of a sudden, the news media are forced to make major retractions. But one narrative continued to persist for a while, and that was that the DOJ inspector general, the chief watchdog of the Justice Department, had abandoned these whistleblowers, didn't consider them to be credible. People like Brian Friend and George Hill, who you've heard on this very show, they gave some of their very first interviews to Just the News, John Solomon reports, and Just the News, No Noise, a TV show. Well, the DOJ inspector general last night put out an extraordinary letter. They don't normally get involved in political debates, but they felt impassioned to defend these whistleblowers from these unfair attacks on their credibility. The DOJ watchdog said, hey, hey, to the contrary, the inspector general is actually still assessing these whistleblowers and their concerns, and we still want to interview them. Sorry, Democrats. Sorry, legacy media. You are wrong again. That story broke last night. Very exciting about that. And then... One of the most important developments, and you're going to get to hear this interview over the weekend. We're going to play it, adapt it for the podcast from the TV show. Congressman James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, dropped some bombshells to Just the News in the last 24 hours. He has disclosed that congressional investigators have identified a labyrinth of at least a dozen bank accounts that were used to funnel money from foreign sources to Joe Biden's family. And that some of that money, it went from foreign sources like China to business accounts, business accounts to private accounts of the Biden family, then Biden family accounts to bills and other benefits to Joe Biden himself. The first evidence that some foreign funds eventually made their way to the benefit of our President Joe Biden. That is a major revelation. The story is up on the website, quote, getting very close to Joe Biden. That's a direct quote from James Comer from my interview with him. Congress probes a dozen bank accounts that enriched the first family. Comer says Middle East and several new family members emerge as a focus of inquiry as evidence mounts that some money was funneled to Joe Biden. Check that story out today as well. A very important piece of information on the corruption scandal that has engulfed the first family. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have an exclusive interview with Senator Roger Doc Marshall, U.S. Senator from Kansas, and one of the leading voices that pushed back on the claims that the lab leak theory was disinformation. It wasn't. It was true. He's going to explain why he stood his ground and what it means for the future that, one, we got it wrong. Now we know the truth, what we can do to make America safer, better, and smarter. We'll have all of that right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend 
or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back to the commercial break. Our next guest has been a champion of the truth, a champion of freedom, a champion of life in the Senate, and he was the first senator that I ever saw stood up and say, you know what, the virus isn't from nature, it is from a lab leak. He turned out to be completely from Joining us right now, Senator Roger, Doc Marshall for the great state of Kansas. Senator, great to have you on the show, sir. Yeah, John, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us conservatives a, a voice out there. We just appreciate all you do, and we appreciate your audience. Uh, thank you, sir. That means a lot. There was an extraordinary moment a few days ago when the Senate, in unanimity, which it seldom does anything unanimously, voted to declassify the COVID-19 intelligence. This is such a turnaround. And I want to ask, what do you think drove Democrats and Republicans who previously were skeptical of the lab leak theory to finally say, you know what, it's time to give the American people the truth. Well, John, I, I think that we just keep pro, uh, producing this preponderance of evidence that shows that this virus came from a lab. I mean, there's just too many coincidences, if you will. To me, they're smoking guns. There's six smoking guns that would point us to that laboratory in Wuhan, China. You know, the first one is the geographical location. There's only three labs in the world doing research on this type of virus. And this virus breaks out right next to it, a thousand miles away from where uh, it, it, you know, that virus is supposed to be. That's smoking gun number one. The Chinese have now had three years to show that there's an intermediate species, that this virus, so I'm a biochemistry major, nuclear engineering physician, I get the science. I've always got the science of it. It is really interesting science, by the way. And there should have, this should have jumped from bats to some type of an animal and then to humans. So with previous virus like MERS and SARS, they were able to figure it out. Um, you know, the other smoking guns quickly, we can dive into them later if you want to, is the, the protein spike, which we figured right. out how to do in, in the University of North Carolina. The furin cleavage site would be the first smoking gun, a perfect uh, junction at the S1-S2 part of this virus that the human lung cells just happen to have the cleaver in there to cleave it so it jumps, dumps its genetic information into you. Uh, the DNA lab bank, well, it would be uh, the, the fifth one that the, that the Chinese uh, took down their DNA lab bank. Right. And then the last one is we've never found a progenitor. There should be a cousin, a grandfather, an uncle of COVID-19, and we've never found it. So it, it is just, you put those, each one of those things are a one in a thousand. 
one in a million. So you hear six coincidental events as one in a million each that happen to work perfectly for this virus. So I think as I continue to communicate that on a bipartisan basis, as I develop uh, a reputation that I'm not shooting from the hip, if I, I'm not going to say anything, it's not fact. So I just think people right. across the aisle are saying, gosh, you know, maybe, maybe Marshall and Rand Paul and Ron John uh, are, are on to something here. That they are. And the FBI, the Energy Department, and a large part of the intelligence community clearly uh, agrees with you. Now, there's an interesting dynamic. You can now see, and you know, early on, people who uh, advocated this because the science showed it, they were dismissive. Morons, disinformation artists, all those terrible terms. Is there going, and, and we see also efforts to suppress the Energy Department from giving information to the State Department, the FBI from going public with its findings. There seems to have been a, a, an intentional cover-up of the information that would support the most obvious conclusion. Should there be, and what sort of penalty will there be for those who try to engage in the cover-up? Yeah. You know, John, I'm, I'm, I'm never good at being judge and, and jury. I think I'm more focused on the truth. I think the transparency, figuring out exactly where, what, and how, and I'll let people, uh, not necessarily smarter or wiser than me, I'm not sure what the, what the punishment should be, but I always think about President Eisenhower, and what he said is that leadership is nothing more than taking accountability. And instead of taking accountability, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Dr. Collins have covered this up with EcoHealth. Um, you know, it's always the cover-up, right? That's, that's the problem that's right. here. Uh, it was American dollars that were funding EcoHealth, which was funding the Wuhan lab. Ten different departments with agencies, ten different agencies in the federal government were funding EcoHealth to the tune of $122 million over about 17, 18 years of time. And then, the, you know, I think maybe the, one of the issues that's broke the dam here is us, us finding out that, that uh, EcoHealth and was double billing the American taxpayers, yes. that they were getting research funding from both NIH and the NI, uh, sorry, the USAID, there's so many abbreviations, from the State Department and the NIH. <laughs> they were double billing for the exact same research, funding communist, uh, uh, the Communist Party scientists and the military getting access yeah. to this research. And then they never shared the data back with America. So they've frozen the data. They've taken it down. EcoHealth won't show it to us. EcoHealth won't show us their ledgers. There is a huge cover-up going on here. It is remarkable. And in anticipation of the declassification occurring, I've been doing some work on open source intelligence, and it's very clear now that well before 2020, the United States government and its intelligence committee in open source information knew that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was tied to the Chinese Communist military and specifically to companies that had ties to the bioweapons program. The idea that NIH would give money, you know, through a cutout like EcoHealth to such a lab that we knew was flagged for the uh, Chinese military. How concerning is that? What other things might we learn as we get more of this intelligence? Yeah, Johnny, I mean, you, you understate the problem, actually. You know, one of the few times that, 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 that we are understating the, the problem here. Yeah. Let me, this is where our research is taking us. Number one, there's gross abuse of our, of our grant research dollars. There's so much commingling. Uh, U.S. AID is doing research on viral gain of function in Wuhan, China. U.S. AID was for international development. They are way outside of, of, of their lane. But ultimately, what China's goal here is to get the DNA of every person, of every animal, of every plant. And you can just imagine 
what you could do with that. Do you ready? There's some incredibly good things you can do about it. We could treat, you know, we figured out how to treat uh, a lymphoma through CAR T cell therapy through this DNA technology. But, but then you could also admit a COVID virus, a Frankenstein virus uh, that came from a lab in Wuhan, China, and everything in between. So what we're dealing with here is, is really something a million times more powerful than a nuclear weapon. Uh, you know, here's a for instance for you. You've heard of this bird flu going through America yes. right now. It's, it's just devastated uh, the chicken, uh, chicken population of, of America, including in Kansas. If China developed a chicken that had a, had a gene that would uh, repress that virus, then voila. Yeah, can you imagine China being able to take a balloon and floating it across America? I know that can never happen and dropping yeah. a virus <laughs> across America, right? That's right. But, and, and people have said that the bird flu would be way more devastating than what a COVID virus could have done, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So, the, you know, I, I like to think the best of people. I'd like to have a good relationship with China, but they're making it really difficult. Yeah, such an important point. So I want to turn to another issue where you have chronically led, and people are really grateful, I think, for it. The border yesterday, a dramatic moment down in McAllen, Texas, when the border chief said we do not have operational control of the U.S. southern border. It contradicts not only Mayorkas, but it should alarm all of us. You have two pieces of legislation you've been working on, treating the cartels as foreign terrorists and making sure that illegal immigrants who get on our welfare system never get a chance to citizenship. Why are those so important? Well, John, I, you know, I'm treating the symptoms. I'm, I'm a physician. I'm giving Tylenol to a person that's having fever from a cancer. So, so I, I think that, indeed, the cartel are terrorists. You know, we're losing 300 young adults in America every day. It's like a plane crashing every day from fentanyl poisoning. We've lost more young adults from fentanyl poisoning every year than we lost in Vietnam. Um, so these are just ways to push back. But until we control the border, again, I've been there three times. Um, DHS Secretary Mayorkas is derelict in his duty. There is laws saying that he, he is responsible for controlling the border. He does not have control of that border. Thousands of people coming unchecked across that border every day, and they're bringing fentanyl with them along with human trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, it, is, it is absolutely the number one most imminent threat to this country as far as, far as the national security threat. Man, that it is. Another threat that you have talked so eloquently about, the debt, it just keeps going up. Uh, Joe Biden throws $6.8 trillion more into the bucket. I know you're going to stop that, but... Are we about uh, reaching a point where Washington will get serious about slowing down the debt and, and starting to put it in reverse? John, I wish I could say that's true. I think there's about a dozen of us on the Senate side that are serious about this. The House seems more interested in it. But, but I want to just emphasize to your listeners, the number one long-term threat to this country is not China. It is the national debt, $31 trillion. We're spending $500 billion a year on interest. Those numbers are going to that interest rate's going to double over the next several years, the amount of money we're spending on, on interest. Um, and what I'm going to do, and there's about a dozen of us, Mike Lee's leaving, leaving this charge, and, and Rick Scott, and Ted Cruz, and, and Coach Tuberville, and Cynthia Lummis, and um, J.D. Vance will be there with us, and Eric Schmidt, right. and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting a couple of us, but we're going to be there saying, look, if you want to raise the debt ceiling, we have to balance a budget. You cannot have both. What this would be like, John, is I'm not, I've got, my kids just, my baby just finished college. Uh, it'd be like him maxing out his credit card and saying, Dad, I want another credit card. We're not going to give Joe Biden another credit card. 
Um, that's, that is my goal. And your listeners need to know that the national media is going to bombard and that the world coming in, Roger Marshall wants to let us blow to the debt ceiling. This is a fight we've got to have now. I'm willing to have the fight. I'm not going to pass this debt issue on to my grandchildren. We need to stand up and fight today. We make, need to make a stand here at the Alamo. I may go down, but I'll be there fighting. Well, those people should be reminded when those false allegations come out, you were right about COVID-19 and so much more. Last quick question for you, sir. There's this idea from Joe Biden that by letting FDIC bail out these banks, no taxpayer money is going to go on. But when the FDIC increases insurance rates for banks, don't the banks just pass it on to you and I? You know, absolutely, John. So I sat on a community bank board for 15 years, a small little community bank in rural America. And we were sitting there calculating this will probably cost our bank $100,000. And so eventually, yeah, that's just going to be passed on through some type of a fee to, uh, to, our, to our depositors. So this is another Joe Biden tax on America, just like inflation is, just like raising taxes on corporations. Who ends up paying for it? Hardworking Americans. Yeah, well, sir, we are so grateful for your time and also for all the common sense you have brought to Washington. A lot of your colleagues are, are just singing your praises. We're so grateful for the time today and all for all the great work you've done. You bet, John. It's my pleasure. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Cash Patel up next. He's got some thoughts on COVID-19 and gaslighting and all the things that have gone on. He'll be with us next. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form, then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at signup. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected, again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34-plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. 
All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest on. He always has some very deep insights on our nation's security and our nation's integrity and on our nation's law enforcement system. Former federal prosecutor, former federal defender, the man who helped Devin Nunes unravel the Russia collusion false narrative and who later played a central role in taking out terrorists like the Iranian general Soleimani. Joining us right now, our good friend, Cash Patel. Cash, great to have you back on the show. John, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. There is so much to talk about, and I want to start in the national security space right off the top. There is a moment now where it seems like the United States on many critical issues has been cut out by allies, by enemies alike. China brokers an Iran deal. Russia knocks down one of our predators, doesn't feel any apparent remorse for doing that, even overtly announces they're going to go try to exploit it. Are we seeing the end results of the Biden foreign policy now playing out in the form of lost equity for the United States? Oh, yeah, we've seen a total bankruptcy when it comes to foreign policy using an economic term that's also applicable to the day. When you used to see America on a global diplomatic stage engaging even our adversaries like we did in the Trump administration, whether it was Putin or Xi Jinping or Kim Jong-un or who have you, at least they would take his calls and meet with him to say, okay, can we come to a resolution that doesn't allow for global conflict to follow? And what you see here is now our allies and adversaries of the United States are teaming up together against the United States. And that can only happen when there's a global diplomatic vacuum because a commander in chief is nowhere to be found. And so what we see here is, is the perfect, unfortunately perfect, confluence of events. Saudi Arabia, a great ally of the United States of America, who basically gave the Heisman to Joe Biden when he went over there to beg for cheap oil because Joe Biden caused the astronomical oil prices. They have now, if you can believe it, John, are actually in a partnership with Iran. And just to remind the world, Saudi Arabia and Iran were literally firing rockets at each other and in a war, to speak, for the last year to two years. And all of a sudden, the missiles and rockets stopped. Xi Jinping brought them to the table and said, hey, how about we all partner up? How about we open up our banking institutions to each other? How about China provides money, economic equity, where it's necessary in Iran and Saudi and Saudi Arabia and Iran? Why don't you guys go ahead and open up your embassies in each respective country? John, that is a monumental defeat for American national security interests. The state sponsor of terror that is Iran and the IRGC now has an official footprint in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia for the first time in I don't know how long, and Xi Jinping brokered the entire deal. It is truly tragic, and this is what happens when you put America last. It is stunning to see the alliances that China is building. And also, China is now offering to broker a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine. The Ukrainian President Zelensky, who once was told to get a fleeing jet home, that's all the Americans could do for him, seems to be open to the talks. If China gets into Ukraine, they're going to rebuild Ukraine with their cash, and they're going to own another ally in Europe. How can we be this incapable of seeing what our chess moves are causing around the world. And there seems to be a blindness to 
what's going on that exceeds even you know any logical explanation. Is this just a really bad foreign policy team, or is there something else going on that we don't know about? It's a combination of things, John. And these people are playing chess, and we're busy, we're busy playing you know a baby version of checkers. Um, what happens when you take your national security apparatus and you define it by what the radical left-wing media wants in a headline, this is the result. Instead of taking on terrorism, taking on the drug cartels, taking on Iran, Russia, and China, the CCP, this is what happens. And mind you, and your audience is well aware of this, Iran, not only is the number one state sponsor of terrorism, the Biden administration went in with open arms to re-engage and put us back into the Iran nuclear deal, which is the single most important security thing that we have to do is prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon. They have now, not only did they say no to Biden when he said we'll actually go back in it, which was a disaster to begin with, and thankfully Trump pulled us out of it, but Joe Biden then, after being defeated at bending the knee of all things, Actually, we have now permitted Iran financial assistance to the Saudi and Chinese money pipelines to augment and come closer to Iran completing a nuclear weapons program. That is one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous, strategic global um, acquisition to occur against the United States in the last 50 years. That's including almost all the terrorism activities they sponsored. And that's, it's so dangerous and it, it's happening because Iran sees China as an ally. They used to see Saudi Arabia as an enemy until yesterday, and now they see them both as allies. So they have oil coming in from Saudi, they have money coming in from China, and they have the resources and mineral wealth coming in from the CCP and its global domination to build nuclear weapons. And they know Joe Biden is not gonna do anything because Joe Biden's the one that wanted to give hundreds of billions of more dollars back to Iran and let them back in the Iran nuclear deal. So the math speaks for itself, and this is what happens when you don't take on your global adversaries and allies alike. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's a pretty extraordinary moment in history. I want to step back for a second to a cultural issue that I think speaks volumes about the state of the American people. Uh, you, were, along with Ed Henry and a couple of other folks, work together with a record producer. You put this extraordinary piece of music together, the J6 defendants singing the national anthem from their prison cell, overlaid with President Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And it's sourced to number one, not for one, not, not for two, but you know, for a whole week now. It's been at the top of the charts. There's been a silent majority in America that probably has understood that the treatment of the J6 defendants, and listen, there are some that deserve to be punished. If you struck a cop, you did something violent, you got to you gotta pay your time, but uh, that there's been a disparate treatment. And it seems like they just spoke with a very loud voice by just buying a song. What do you read into the last six, seven days of transactions on that song? It seems like the American people are trying to tell official Washington something. The American people are, are telling Washington and the world they are tired of a two-tier system of justice. And nothing exemplifies it more than so many of the people who have been treated uh, by violations of the Constitution that are on the receiving end of the January 6th political prosecutions. And you're right, not all of them. Some of them did some very bad things, and they need to go to prison and be punished. But a lot of them, as we've now seen with the 41,000 hours of videotape release, have been, been denied due process, possibly, because exculpatory evidence was withheld from their defense lawyers and the defendants themselves. The very essence of due process and um, due process under law has been bastardized by the so-called champions of due process, the political left, for political targeting. But the Jan 6 prison choir, as we call them, is so powerful. You have to go see the video if you haven't seen it. There's an actual video to it, too. 
which is free. Go to fightwithcash.com, fightwithcash.com. The video's free. And if you go to J6 Prison Choir, you can go buy the song. It's the number one song. It knocked off Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Morgan Wallen, One Republic, and Rihanna. All of them have been knocked off the world stage. This is a seven-day reigning number one song in the world. And all net proceeds go to the January 6th families who have been viol- whose due process rights have been violated. That's the best part about this. Donald Trump's not making any money. He lent his extremely powerful number one voice to this song. They sing it every night, John, for 755 straight days. And we were able to record them in prison singing it, bring it together and master it, and make it an official song. Go to j6prisonchoir.com, anywhere where dongs are songs are downloaded and streamed. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Push it out there. Watch this video. You will be moved to tears. Um, and it's just all the money. We're, we're not just raising hundreds of thousands of dollars here, which is, which is critical. We're raising awareness. And it's well-timed, I think, with the release of these videos. And hopefully Speaker McCarthy gives John Solomon just the news all 41,000 hours of the videos because I don't know if there's a better sleuth in America than what you guys have over there. So we need it out there. We haven't gotten enough of it. You know, I'm glad Tucker put a couple things out, but it doesn't give us the real torture that we need to understand of what went on. I mean, some people did bad things. Others might have been waved in by police if Senator Ron Johnson is telling us, you know, what he saw is accurate. That is a real concern that we would charge someone who is let into the Capitol by the police with trespassing or some other crime after that. Very, very unusual circumstances. And we got to get to the bottom of the truth. We got to get to it. And so many people want it, John. And it's just indicative by the song. And the song's name is Justice for All. It's the national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance together. And it's not like we're in the minority. You can't have the number one song in the United States of America be Justice for All and say the American public in bulk majority doesn't care about the gross violations of due process for so many of the Jan 6 defendants. Those two cannot um, coexist without them both being true. And that defeats the music industry in Hollywood. And they're furious at us. They've written hit pieces and everything. And I was so happy that Justin News broke the story. And, and got it first. Um, and it's going great. J6PrisonChoir.com. Yeah, it's just an amazing dynamic. And like you said, up against some of the megastars of pop music and, and it beats them in the charts. That's a pretty extraordinary thing. I want to just pause for a second because among the many great things you've done in your career, whether you're chief of staff of Pentagon, federal prosecutor, federal defender, you played a vital role in what I think has been one of the most complicated and important congressional investigations in history, understanding the abuses of the FBI in the Russia collusion case, carrying out a, basically the FBI carrying out a political dirty trick for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Two big developments in the last two weeks in a congressional committee that is there under James Comer. First, they score the cooperation of one of Hunter Biden's biggest business partners, Eric Schwerin, a man who moved between Joe and Hunter Biden regularly, dealing with both of their finances. And then they get a recalcitrant Treasury Department to bend and allow them to see the secret bank records. Maybe the talk of defunding a few jobs might have gotten that going a lot quicker. How about that? And now they have the bank records. They now know where all the money came in. James Comer said to me in the last 24 hours, John, we now believe that there are more than a dozen accounts that money was flowing in and multiple members of the Biden family were forwarding money to Joe Biden. There were multiple cutouts to Joe Biden. These developments seem to be pretty monumental in the investigation. Tell us your thought on how James Comer is going about it. It seems a little bit like he's working like an old mob prosecutor would work a mob case. You know, I think Chairman Comer is doing a great job. He's finally, you know, he's getting the documents. He worked with Treasury. Treasury first gave him the Heisman. And let's talk about the documents real quick. SARS, Suspicious Activity Report, sounds fancy. All it is is banking institutions are mandated under federal law. If they see a suspicious activity, financial transaction, they must report it 
to the Treasury Department and DOJ. Very simple. Doesn't mean you, you, you committed a crime. They just said, hey, we're flagging this. You guys decide. Comer was able to go in there and get hundreds of these suspicious activity reports as they relate directly to the Biden family, directly to the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's brother, and some other people. And what he was able to do, the Treasury was first said no, then he was able to negotiate finally a, uh, a read and receipt uh, deal only. And I think hopefully the next step is from, you know, out of a step out of Russiagate at, from Congress is to subpoena the documents themselves from the banking institutions so that the American public can see the suspicious activity reports. We all know this DOJ and FBI under Garland and Ray, the top two government gangsters, will never act because it's Joe Biden in the crosshair. But the American public can and must be educated on the corruption. And the best way, as we've always said, John, is show the American public the documents, show them the receipts, and then let them make their decisions at the polls based on the truth. And I think that's what Chairman Comer is driving at. It's a process that takes time. And Hopefully we get these banking suspicious activity reports on the Bidens out soon. Yeah, it's really remarkable to understand that the, these developments these are monumental developments in what may be one of the most important political ethics cases of our time. I mean, what we now know about the Biden family raises some very troubling ethical questions, not just the parents of conflicts of interest, but potentially as the enrichment of a politician while he was still on the job. Really pretty remarkable I'd like to go to one other subject that you have been so eloquent on, and it is so important. And you had a lot of visibility, I'm sure, to the nation's secrets. And we're not going to ask you to give any classified information up. But when you look at the open source information, particularly what the House Intelligence Committee put out in December in its open report, not the classified report, there is a very troubling pointer to the fact that the Wuhan lab, where the uh, COVID-19 virus is now suspected of leaking, the FBI director says that, Energy Department says that, most of the intel community says that. Dr. Fauci is the only one on the other side of this. but And even now, he says he suddenly has developed an open mind about this. But the ties from that lab and the bioweapons program in China, these are things that are on the record now. A lot of people haven't seen it, but they're in open source intelligence, including in the summary, the unclassified summary of the House Intelligence Committee the idea that the United States government, through the NIH and in one of its subcontractors, was funding a lab that our own government knew had ties to bioweapons programs for China, it seems to me that this could be a very troubling turn for the American people to realize, maybe this is why you weren't told the truth about COVID-19 from the beginning. It's a tragic and disastrous turn of events from a national security perspective. Because what we have done and what's finally happened is what happened correctly in the Trump administration. They utilized the evidence. I was deputy director of national intelligence. We took the intelligence. We advised President Trump about what was going on in China. And he shut down travel to and from China across the board, full stop. He was called a racist for doing that. He was acting on the intelligence at the time. It's not like the intelligence has changed, John. We have been saying for years that the leak came from the Wuhan lab. And we were called conspiracy theorists. We were called anti-American. We were called other worse things. And now what happens? FBI Director Ray finally gets his time and act together to go to Congress and say, oh, yeah, it's likely it's from the lab. Of course it is. It's not like you have new intelligence from four years ago. This is what happens when you have great journalists like yourself going out there and pounding the pavement for the American people to get the truth out. And what we must now do is show the world that Fauci lied. Millions of lives were impacted, if not um, drastically shortened because of his lies and so many people relied on it and if the American taxpayer funded it which is what it looks like with their assistance to the Wuhan laboratory where the disease leaked from 
that needs to be a massive investigation and accountability needs to occur immediately. We cannot have taxpayer dollars going to put out, create global viruses for people in laboratories and so they can do gain-of-function research and see how they can make it worse, only to release it onto the world. And the CCP's hand in this has to be evaluated. And what Biden should be doing is issuing tariffs across the board and economic sanctions and jettisoning diplomats, in the very least, till China cooperates and gives us more information. But we're not going to see that here. We're going to have to get the truth the old-fashioned way with good old-fashioned beat reporting uh, through Just the News and Real America's Voice and, and places like that. Yeah, it's really remarkable. You mentioned the transparency that the Trump administration gave. And this statement was issued by Mike Pompeo, State Department, five days before President Trump left office. It's a fact sheet about the activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology issued by the Department of State under Mike Pompeo. And I'm just going to read this graph because it got ignored at the time, with the exception of us and a few others. But now it is the prevailing theory of the United States intelligence community, according to things I've read. Despite the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, presenting itself as a civilian institution, the United States has determined that the WIV has collaborated on publications and secret projects with China's military. The WIV has engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. And for many years, the United States has raised concerns about China's biological weapons work, which Beijing has neither documented nor demonstrably eliminated. This has been sitting out and open. We were told this was a conspiracy theory. We now know this to be the prevailing thoughts of this. And it was our government doing business with a lab that we knew had these connections. Where do you think the solution long-term is? It seems to me there needs to be a legislative solution to rein in maybe some of the autonomy that NIH has. It seems like NIH under Anthony Fauci did whatever it wanted to do, regardless of security or health implications. There has to be congressional and American action on this. There has to be not just NIH. NIH can be the example that we make, but all these other institutions, agencies, and departments who are funneling contracts to organizations like NewsGuard from the DOD, et cetera, and all the Russiagate crooks from Stefan Halper and company who are paid through DOD. Every one of these agencies and um, departments needs to be held to account and forbid it from exercising the unlawful and destructive use of taxpayer dollars for political partisan gain, especially at the expense of the American citizen who are supposed to uphold and protect. So the legislative branch needs to enact laws, but they need to have accountability, and they need to watch where the money actually goes. And tragically, the amount of money we sent to the Ukraine, we're going to see it in the hands of our enemies. There's no way to track it. There's no way to audit it, because the Ukraine does not have a banking system that's accessible to the world financial markets. And it's going to be akin to Afghanistan, where for 20 years we're looking for our money and we find it in the hands of our adversaries and terrorists, tragically, to use against us. So this should be a learning tool with the Fauci Lab Leak money pipeline, but it's got to be expanded, not just congressionally, um, but with some sort of serious oversight measures and accountability that can only come from public hearings that the American people get to see. Learning and then solutions. That's the best way to do it. It's what you did all through your time in the Trump administration. Whatever we need to learn, get the facts and then fix the problem. Cash, I see a lot of heads nodding in our audience. I know when they're listening, they hear so much common sense from you. They're always grateful for the clarity of vision, clarity of truth that you give us. Great honor to have you on the show as always. 
Thanks, John. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Appreciate your time. All right, folks, we've got one more block to go. It's a good one. The Agriculture Commissioner from the great state of Texas, Sid Miller, is with us. He has been leading an effort to create an alternative to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which many conservatives think went woke, abandoned free market principles. Commissioner Miller going to tell us exactly what's going on, creating a parallel economy for businesses in America who want to have free market voices heard, not far left voices in the corporate space. That coming up right after the commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. There has been a lot of talk over the last few years that some of the Traditional institutions that have supported free market solutions, well, they've wandered away from them. They've embraced some of the liberal ideas of a manipulated or even a socialist market. Well, our next guest has jumped into the fray to solve one of those problems. The growing frustration with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and its drift leftward has left a lot of businesses without the sort of voice it's been looking for. Well, not for much longer, thanks to 
the great work of Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller and many others, there is a new alternative now, the American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce. Joining us right now to describe the movement and its incredible success already is Commissioner Sid Miller. Sir, good to have you on the show. Good morning. It's it's good to be with you this morning, right here from downtown Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite towns in the world. <laughs> Sir, you have long been an advocate for freedom and free markets, and obviously the Chamber of Commerce seems to have moved away from a lot of its Republican and conservative members to a different agenda. American Free Enterprise Chamber of Commerce is catching fire, isn't it? It is. There's a real need for that. We probably should have done it uh, earlier than, you know, later, but uh, it is catching fire. You know, we have a lot of people, especially a lot of business people that, that are Freedom-loving Americans believe in the free enterprise system. Uh, they're not buying into this this woke business. I mean, and the best example of that is the SBB Bank out in California. They went woke instead of paying attention to their to the bottom line and their stockholders. Now look what happened to them from you know from following all the the liberal policies and, and the woke policies that uh, got them in trouble. So we're not we're going we're determined here in Texas to not let that happen. And American Free Enterprise Chamber is uh, leading that charge, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, it's a really remarkable movement, and it, it has some very important initiatives that run the other way. One that caught my attention because it fits right in to the most important bank collapses we've seen in the last couple of weeks. There is a de-charter the, the bankers campaign that the new chamber is pushing. Tell us a little bit about the effort to maybe remove the charters of banks that are going woke. Well, we've got our current legislative session is, is in full swing here in uh, in Texas. Uh, I approached uh, one of my good friends, a uh, you know, very conservative Freedom Caucus member, uh, to help uh, address this issue, and he he filed a bill to outlaw banks from uh, you know using the Second Amendment as a dequalifier. So we got that done. Uh, we, we decided why stop there. So we we added a, a second bill. Uh, to prevent them from using the oil and gas industry as a dequalifier. So we're going to make those constitutionally protected freedoms uh, part of the lending industry and not let them discriminate against people that are, you know, following their constitutional rights. Yeah, that's exactly it. And one of the big things that Texas has led on is pushing back against the ESG movement, the Environmental Social Governance Movement. There's new legislation that's targeting public pension funds that try to get into that policy and maybe put their pensioners at risk. Tell us the popularity of fighting back against this. It seems like a lot of Americans have bought into the idea that this is not a good investment portfolios. Well, and Representative Toth was glad to do this, and we're working closely with him. I think he's got an excellent chance of push, pushing these two two bills free, uh, through. You know, Texas, uh, is my campaign chairman, Ted Nugent, likes to say, Texas is the last best place. So we kind of have a, a knack for, for leading on issues when it comes to freedom and, and our constitutional rights and fighting back in this ESG movement, which is just, just crazy. It's, it's anti-business, anti-American, if you ask me, because it goes against our constitutional freedoms. Yeah, so, so very important. Texas is ground zero for so much of what's been going on with the border. The Chamber of Commerce, the traditional U.S. Chamber of Commerce, really softened its position on immigration over the years. A lot of border states, a lot of security people really frustrated by that. The effort that Terry Brandstadt and you and others have started with the new chamber, pretty clear where you stand on border security, isn't it? Well, I was a lawmaker before I was uh, agriculture commissioner. I served 12 years and 
I was the chair of a committee called Homeland Security and Public Safety. This was under Governor Rick Perry, and I had a charge from the governor to secure the border. So I'm very familiar with what's going on down there. I'm, you know, I know all those border sheriffs, the ranchers up and down the border. I know who the cartels are, who the players are. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's a lot of things are good in Texas, but it's not our border. Yeah, yeah, so important that we keep the focus on that. A remarkable moment yesterday at the hearing in McAllen, Texas, where the Border Patrol tree said, we do not have operational call. The United States does not have operational control of its southern border. A remarkable admission, and I know the people of Texas have known that for a long time, but they had to be cheering when official finally said the truth to, to the American public. So I want to ask a little bit about an issue that I know is right inside your portfolio. A lot of concern that China and other foreign adversaries might be interested in buying up farmland to gain a strategic position inside our food supply chain. Tell us a little bit about the concern, what you're seeing and what Texas is doing to be vigilant to it. Well, this is something that I've, I've been on top of for o- over two years. I was the first That's one right. to uh, you know, alert everybody on it, what, what was going on. I mean, uh, just use a little cowboy logic. If we can't buy land in your country, why would we let you buy land here? Let's be reciprocal. You, we certainly can't buy land in China. So what really got me off was uh, there was a Chinese billionaire, former military leader, bought 140,000 acres down on the Rio Grande near a town called Del Rio. What's significant about that is next to Laughlin Air Force Base. Right. So... So, number one, we're giving them access to our, our food sources, and he was going to put up a wind farm on it. So that would give them access to our electric grid. And thirdly, and probably most dangerous, it gives them a, a really unique ability for espionage on our military bases, being that close to them. So three strikes, well, I think that's a bad, bad idea. We went to the legislature two years ago, and we were able to get the wind farm stopped. Uh, but the, the sale on the land had you know, already closed, so we missed that window. So he still owns the land. So we got the, him from stopped from building the wind farm, but now he is leasing that land to, to another foreign entity to build the wind farm. So we're really, we've slowed it down, but we really, really didn't stop it. So we've got to go back and address that. I've been working with, with the Texas legislature. I think we can pass pretty quickly and outlaw ownership of, of our enemies owning our farmland. I'm also working with the Texas delegation in Congress. We've got several bills filed there. We really need a, a national policy on this. Uh, there was a big incident up in, in uh, South da- North Dakota. No, South South Dakota. Right. Uh, they bought, bought, bought more land uh, next to a military installation, you know. Uh, same old deal, same, same, uh, same exact is what they did here in Texas. So this has got to stop. This is, I tell you, this is stupid. I, it's really one of the stupidest things we allow to happen. I can't believe we ever let it happen in the first place. But we did. So people will argue, well, that's free enterprise. That's, that's private property rights. You should be able to do what. Well, let me just tell you the argument to that. Sometimes patriotism has to trump private property rights, and this is one of them. Yeah, no doubt. Our national security depends on it. Tightening the border and keeping China out would be two major victories for our security. One of the fun things I've known about you for the years, you're always out and about with the people. You're engaging with your constituents, and particularly in rural Texas, where so many great people are, and they're keeping our food supply going. You recently kicked off a new effort that showcases 
women in farming, women in rural Texas. I think it was about three or four weeks ago. A lot of excitement about that. It's a new channel. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, RFD TV, uh, it's a rural programming. Uh, a lot of cable companies carry it. You can find it on Dish Network and Direct TV. I actually have a TV show on it. I think we're the only agriculture department that has their own TV How show. That? That's pretty 50, good. 55 million homes across North America. So right. a good friend of mine owns that channel. He he decided he he started the Cowboy Channel, which is, you know, uh, rodeo programming and, and Western sure. sports and, and equine events. So his, his daughter and his granddaughters thought, you know, put put the <laughs> seed in his head that they need a cowgirl channel. So <laughs> about two weeks ago, I was there in Fort Worth, and we kicked off the, the cowgirl channel. So we actually have three rural programming networks across North America now, reaching in over 50 million homes. Amazing. There's a great photo on Twitter of you and all these young ladies and the cowboy hats. It's a wonderful, a wonderful celebration of all that makes Texas so special. Last question for you. I, this is just a fun one, but I always like when I find a political leader who has some other interests beyond politics. A lot of people probably don't know this, but you're a champion calf roper. Tell us a little bit about your love of the rodeo. Well, I've been doing it, you know, all of my life. I started in the second grade, but I still make my living off the land. I'm an eighth generation farmer and rancher, and wow. I raise American quarter horses. So I select the mares. I have three stallions. I raise the babies. I break them. I train them. I show them myself. And off of my ranch, I've raised, trained, and shown 25 world champions. No one else has done that. And I've done it across three breed associations, quarter horses, apps, and paints. Wow. What an amazing side job, which is, by the way, a full-time job. But, sir, it's a great, great honor to have you on the show. We're very excited. A lot of people are watching this new chamber and its ability to get back to the basics of free markets. A very exciting time in our economy. Great honor to have you on today. Well, thanks for having me on. And, and let's keep pushing this this new Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it, it's true businessman's chamber. It's not woke. It's not leftist. We, you know, it's not PC. It's doing what's best for the American people, creating jobs, uh, promoting the economy, keeping inflation down, you know, uh, bringing jobs back home. And that's what the chamber should be about. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot of businessmen and businesswomen shaking their head in agreement with you. A great honor, sir. We'll be talking to you real soon. Have a great day. All right. God bless. Thank you much. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So glad you can join us. Great show today. A big thank you to Senator Marshall for his very powerful thoughts on COVID-19 and the falsehoods that we were forced to endure for a while and the significance of knowing that China's military was involved with the very lab where we think this virus leaked and that had previously received money from Anthony Fauci in the State Department. Hmm. Think about that for a second. Check out a story I have online tomorrow. Come back to the website, justthenews.com in the morning. We're going to give you some blockbuster information about what the U.S. intelligence community has known since 2017 about the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for watching and listening and sharing and reading and doing all the things you do to make Just the News successful. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of this podcast. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. 
higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.